Well, this morning we talked about a right, and uh, the right we talked about this morning was a uh, birthright, and I thought it was very interesting, many more things uh, to, to learn on that if the Lord revealed it to us, but we talked about a right, a, a birthright, and as we mentioned, there's, we have certain rights as a citizen of the United States or Ohio or Lawrence County, uh, there are different rights that we have, and uh, so we, as we looked at the birthright, there was a right and inheritance with, uh, of the uh, firstborn. So tonight, I'd like to go to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 21, uh, kind of near the end of the uh, Old Testament, not quite, but uh, so we'll read a scripture there that talks about uh, a right, and uh, the only thing as we talked this morning, the birthright was for all the firstborn. And uh, the right that went along with that, but this one is only for one, one single. So Ezekiel chapter 21 and verse, beginning in verse 25. And of course, this is prophecy, of course. And thou profane wicked prince of Israel, whose day is come, when iniquity shall have an end. Thus saith the Lord God, remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it. And it shall be no more until he comes whose right it is. And I will give it him. So there's no surprise here. This is talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But so I thought this evening it would be good to go and look at the places where it's prophesied that it is his right. Well, I guess we could ask the question, is it his right? And of course it is. There's no mystery there. But it's his right. It says, until he comes whose right it is. And I will give it him. So it's given to him, and therefore it's his right. But only one. Only one. There's a lot of kings in Israel, and actually, I've never actually counted up how many kings of Israel there were. But there were kings, but, and of course, that's put a, a, a halt to that. He's given the temporary bill of divorcement, of course. But now this talks about until he comes, whose right it is. And I will give it him. He'll give him this kingship, the diadem. So I thought it would be a little interesting this evening to go look at the places that this is prophesied and talked about until to whose right it is, and he will be coming. As we look at the king, maybe I'll say kingship of Jesus Christ, as we look at his kingdom, I think we look at it in two Two phases or two ways. And we'll see both of those tonight, I believe. Uh, the church is, is his kingdom. And he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So the church is the kingdom. But it's also speaking about a time to come when he comes back. King of kings and Lord of lords. And Lord willing, we'll see that prophesied in both ways. So uh, let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 49. And again, we're just looking at some uh, uh, scriptures that, that uh, 
prophesying and looking forward. Genesis 49. And this tells us something about the uh, tribe that this kingship will come through. Genesis 49 and uh, verse 8. Judah. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou art going up. He stooped down and crouched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And to him shall be the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. So, Again, we know it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, but it talks about uh, Judah here. And Judah, of course, is a tribe where all the, the royalty will come through. Now, that's a different subject, but Christ was, he's the king, and he is of the right genealogy, tribe of Judah, to be the king. But as far as priest, he was also our high priest, which would come through the tribe of Levites. So if he were an earthly priest, he wouldn't be eligible because he's the tribe of Judah and not the tribe of Levites. But he was a, a priest at the order of Melchizedek, which is, which is different. So anyway, just to uh, put that in there. But So this is talking about the tribe of Judah. So any king of Israel by right must be of the tribe of Judah. And Shiloh here. Shiloh, there's... Differences of opinion on Shiloh. There is a city of Shiloh, but on this particular place here, I don't believe it's, well, I'm sure it's not talking about uh, the city. Some places it is talking about the city. This is not. And uh, Shiloh, the definition in the Hebrew of, of this uh, particular uh, word, it's, uh, it's an epithet. In other words, it's like a title. We have President Biden. So President is an epithet. So here Shiloh also is an epithet. Just as, as uh, Christ is an epithet of Jesus, Jesus Christ. So it's, it's part of a, a title. But it also means tranquil, but also uh, secure or successful. So Shiloh, this king of Judah, is he going to be successful? And the answer is yes. And it's his right. Why is it his right? Because as we read there in Ezekiel, it's given unto him. And now I'd like to go to Psalms, the second Psalms. And again, go read several scriptures tonight. But this is all uh, prophecy talking about uh, Jesus Christ and, and the, as a king. Psalms 2. And I'm going to read uh, several verses here. And we're not going to break it down verse by verse. I just want to read several verses here. And you can see that this is, is prophecy talking about the coming of Jesus Christ as a Shiloh, as the king. So Psalms 2, and let's just start in verse 1. 
Why do the nations rage and the peoples uh, imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He who sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his great displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill in Zion. So they're going to try to do away with this, but it's not going to take place. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill in Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the nations for thine inheritance, and uttermost parts of the earth for thy possessions. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled uh, but a little. Blessed are all they who put their trust in the Lord. Of course, we see here a, a picture also of him coming as he comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon and how he rules with a rod of iron back there at that time. But all this is talking about this king that, that is coming. And again, it's going to come out of the tribe of Judah. And uh, again, it's his right because that's our, that's our topic. To him whose who's right it is. And it's his right because it's given unto him. And Psalm 72 also a prophecy talking about this coming. Psalm 72. I'm going to read several verses here as well. We're not going to break it down verse by verse, but we can see what it's talking about. Psalm 72, and starting in verse 1. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness, and thy poor with justice. The mountains shall bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people, and shall save the children of the needy, and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. And this is not a terrorizing fear. This is a reverential, reverential fear. They shall fear, they shall trust thee. And this will be in, in both ages, the, uh, the age of the churches and the kingdom to come as he comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon instead of the eternal kingdom as them. So verse 5 again. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish. And abundance of peace as long as the moon endureth. And don't we see that in the age of the churches now? The peace that we have trusting in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Eight. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. And from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him. And his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish 
and out of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Sheba shall offer gifts. Yea, all the kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. That's called mercy and grace. He shall spare the poor and needy. He shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their, blood, uh, shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall, be, shall he be praised. There shall be a handful of grain in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall like, uh, shake like Lebanon, and they, uh, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be the glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And again, this also is still prophesying about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in his kingdom, king of kings, lord of lords. And it'll be in the Lord's time. In the Lord's time. And we know he's the controller of the time, Ecclesiastes, a, a, a time and a season, a purpose for, for everything. So we see, again, prophesying about his coming uh, to set up his eternal kingdom as king of kings and, and lord of lords. But let's go in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Like I said, just reading a lot of scriptures uh, pointing to... He whose right it is. He will come. He will sit on the throne. And, and he is, again, the kingdom of his church currently. Uh, Luke 1 and verse 30. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. That goes just to the heart of our lesson. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know no man? And the angel answered said to her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also shall the holy thing uh, which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So here it is. He will, uh, uh, of course we know it's talking about Jesus Christ. He'll take up the throne of David, which is of the tribe of Judah. And, uh, and there'll be no end. But again, the church age, he's the king now of the, of the age of the churches. I like saying it that way as well. The age of the churches, he's the king. We'll see that a little later as well. But when he comes back with his bride to fight the battle of Armageddon, then he comes back as this king. But the throne is given to him, born of a virgin. So he has 
the right. Until he comes whose right it is. It is his right. In uh, Zechariah, we see a, a scripture there. Book of Zechariah. Uh, near the end of the Old Testament as well. Zechariah 9 and 9. Again, all prophecy pointing to this kingdom to come. Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, upon a colt, the foal of an ass. We know that's how he entered into Jerusalem whenever he came in. So, again, we see, I believe we see both of them pictured here. We see him coming in as, as the, uh, the, the church age and the king of the age of the churches. But again, he'll also be coming back with the bride, which is his church, to fight the battle of Armageddon, come back as king of kings and lord of lords. In the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 2, we, uh, we see it there as well. So the scriptures are full, certainly, of prophecy of his coming. But again, whose right it is. Daniel 2 and the... Forty-four. And in the days of these kings shall God of shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So we look at the kingdoms of Israel back through the ages. They'd come and they would go and they would end. And they'd be overthrown and so forth. But this one will not be overthrown. It will stand forever. And even the church, as we look at it that way, uh, the, the Satan will not overpower the church. It will go on. It's not, it's not conquered. It will go on. And Daniel chapter 7 And verse 13. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before me. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the people, nations, and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So you can look at it both ways, the kingdom of the church. Now, the church will just be translated uh, over. It won't, it won't uh, uh, be destroyed, and neither will the everlasting kingdom that he comes back. So, but again, it's his right. It's prophesied over and over and over again. It's his right. Now, let's go to uh, 1 Timothy Chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6. I realize it's a lot of scriptures, but I just thought it would be good. Uh, he whose writer it is and see many of the prophecies prophesying this. No surprises. 
1 uh, Timothy 6, and, and thir- starting in verse 13. And I commanded thee in the sight of God, who maketh all things alive, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's going to be coming back again, of course. Which is in his, in his time, he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach, approach unto, whom no man has seen nor, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. So it's talking about he that is coming back. But he says something here. It's talking about the future kingdom, that he'll be coming back and so forth. But also, it's, it's, this is referring here to the earthly kingdom as well. And he says, you know, he gave a good confession. Or how was it? Uh, Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. What did he witness before Pontius Pilate that Paul says was a good confession? What was it? Well, let's go in, in John, the Gospel of John chapter 18. And, and it's, it's recorded for us what this uh, witness was before Pontius Pilate. That's John chapter 18, I believe it was. And uh, let's start maybe at about 33. This is where Jesus was before uh, Pilate. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said to him, Art thou king of the Jews? And see, that's what we're talking about. This, this, this king of the uh, uh, tribe of Judah, uh, of the genealogy of David and so forth, this, this king. Uh, so, so Pilate here says, art thou the king of the Jews? So ask a question. 34, Jesus answered, sayest thou this of thyself, or did others tell thee of me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? So here's the witness. Jesus to Pilate in verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were all this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So again, they was looking for the earthly king of the Jews to come to free him from this uh, uh, from the Roman government and everything that they were under. And they were looking for this earthly king to come. And that's what they were looking for. But he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And we can see it in both instances. The church 
his true churches. They're not of this world. And the members that he placed in his churches, they're not of this world. So it's not that kind of earthly kingdom, but it is a, a, a kingdom. But there is a, another, again, kingdom to come. But I think, as Paul said to Timothy there, he said they, he gave a good witness to Pilate. And certainly it was a very good witness to Pilate that he gave there. He said, uh, Thou sayest that I am a king, to this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So, uh, again, so this is the witness that he gave to Pilate, talking about the kingdom. Was he king of the Jews? Not the way that they were looking for it, no. He set up his kingdom. We'll see that, we'll see that as well. But he set up his earthly kingdom, which is not of this world, but the age of the churches. Uh, let's go to uh, Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. I know, I'm reading a lot of scriptures, but I thought that's just what we would do. He whose right it is, and let's just see different areas that's prophesied into that, and proving that it is his right, of course, and that he is the king. Revelation 5, and... Uh, verse... Uh, Let's start in verse 2, I think. Revelation 5 and 2. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the scroll, neither to look on it. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and read the scroll, neither to look on it. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. We know who that is. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. So here we talk, We see the, the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David. And, and then in the next verse, it's a lamb as it had been slain. So uh, certainly talking about Jesus Christ, who uh, uh, was able to open this scroll. The lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David, prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And again, well, I'm just going to read verse 6 again. And I behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne... So there's a throne here. And of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood the lamb as though it had been slain. So again, more prophecy talking about Jesus Christ. And Revelation chapter 19, while we're here in Revelation. Revelation 19. And uh, well, let's start in verse 11 here. So this is talking about, we know he's the king, of course, of the, of the church age, or age of the churches, but also this king to come as he fights the battle of Armageddon and set up that eternal kingdom. So Revelation 19, verse 11. A future event. 
And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Of course, we know that's the bride and the marriage took place a few verses before that. So his bride comes back with him. The bride which is composed of those of his true churches. And then verse 15 and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron, and treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So this is what we see prophesied back through there, this coming to pass here as he comes back again a uh, 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 lion of the tribe of Judah, uh, of, of David. So this is the genealogy uh, uh, that would take this king and set up this earthly or this eternal kingdom. But we still don't want to look the age of the churches as him being king is there. So most of the prophecy we looked at was was uh, referring to this here when he comes back to rule uh, and set up his eternal kingdom. But let's go to Colossians. We read this this morning, but let me just read it tonight. Uh, Colossians, the first chapter. As we look at this, we'll call it the earthly kingdom, but it's not of the world. So I want to show both. There's a kingdom now, and there's a kingdom to come as well. So Colossians chapter 1, and, and we read verse 12 this morning. Let me start there. Giving thanks to the Father who hath made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. That's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is the king there as well. Reading a few more verses. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all uh, uh, creation of creatures. And we talked about that firstborn this morning, how we are also part of the firstborn. The right, birthright of the firstborn. For by him were all things created that are in heaven that are in the earth, visible and invisible, where they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and, all, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So we see, no doubt, it's talking about the church, churches of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has translated us from darkness into this kingdom, it says, uh, kingdom of his dear son. So no doubt that is the true churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the kingdom there. But again, there is that kingdom to come. As, as the church, 
uh, is, is taken out and, and uh, finalized in, in the rapture. Then there'll be the marriage in glory. And then she will come back with him as he fights the battle of Armageddon to set up that kingdom. That's when he comes back, Lord of Lord and King of Kings. So does he have the right? Our lesson said, until he come, whose right it is. And he has the right. It was given, this throne was given to him by God and even through the tribe of Judah where it was prophesied. Uh, let's uh, maybe close. Psalms 111. Just one last scripture here. Just wanting to show till he come whose right it is. It's his right and only him. The birthright was for many as we studied this morning. But this. The scripture we're going to read doesn't talk about a king or anything like that. But what it does talk about is there's only one that has the right of this title. There's only one that has the right to come and do what we, read, or what we read about all the prophecy and everything. So here in Psalms 111 and verse 9. He sent redemption unto his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. So, Bill, uh, to you and, and the family of Mike, you took some, made, uh, took some efforts to make sure that as they put my name in there, they didn't put reverend. Holy and reverend is his name, only fits him. As we read in Ezekiel there where we started out, until he comes whose right it is, it's his right. So he's the age of the churches, he's the king. As we enter it, and as the church is raptured out, taken up into glory, the marriage uh, of the Lamb takes place, and then she comes back with him, and then he comes back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and sets up that eternal kingdom. So I know it's a lot of scriptures, but uh, just wanted to show some prophecies showing till he comes whose right it is, and certainly it is his full right, and he will take up that throne, and it will be an eternal and everlasting throne. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.